When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode, um, very, very quick episode hopefully, uh, our Voices of the Vic podcast, episode number three we're on now and uh, we've decided to call sort of an emergency podcast, I don't know if you can call it that, with the short turnaround of games, obviously I'm joined as usual by uh, by Ben Ayson. Ben, all, all Hello. things considered, how, how are you feeling right now? I feel like I've been better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm laughing because if I don't laugh, I'll cry. But I oh, know. I just yeah, um, yeah. All good my side. Um, bit <laughs> deflated from the Watford result, but we'll talk about that in a sec. We will. We will. In fact, we'll just get it over and done with. We're recording this literally straight after the Watford game, so unfortunately, it's it's fresh in our minds. If you uh, don't know the score, Burnley won Watford nil. Jay Rodriguez on 73 minutes. Um, and just before we go into that, the lineup, there was sort of place for optimism, Ben. You know, we it, it was pretty much the same, other than Cleverly was in for the core, eh? and um, there was no Pereira. There was uh, it was finally chance for Danny Welbeck to show what he's he's got. What were your thoughts straight away when you, you saw that team news? Obviously, because last week we were on about it happening and it didn't happen for whatever reason and Perea didn't have the best of games. So when you saw that Perea was on the bench this time and it was Welbeck starting, you must have thought, oh, you know, positivity at last. I think it was every, every Watford fan's wish. Um, I think everyone was calling for it. Everyone wanted Perea to be dropped to the bench because um, his performance last week wasn't great. Um, and then we all wanted Danny Welbeck to get a run in the side. And then, yeah, we was pleased to see him start today. Um, I don't think he really took his chance. Um, but he he did all right in spells of the game, I thought. Um, but also, cleverly for Decora, you can see why um, Pearson's done that. It's squad rotation, isn't it? You're not going to play each week with 11 men. It's going to be a squad game now, isn't it? So he tried to freshen things up and put cleverly in. That didn't really work for me. No, well, I, I was going to ask what your opinion was on that. So thank you for reading my mind on that one. But um, yeah, you, you, like you said, you can understand why he's made the change for you know keeping the fresh uh, squad fresh and you know such a, a thick run of games in in a small amount of time. So I can understand, and cleverly, he, he really didn't live up to uh, to his name. You know, you hardly heard his name in the first half, and then. Um, he was just giving away silly little fouls all first yeah. half. That's all he really did. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, talking to the first half, Burnley, I'd say they started the better. Uh, again, like last week, um, we we just didn't seem to start very well. You know, we, yeah. we seemed to come out of the tracks really slow and it was frustrating to watch. 
Yeah, definitely. Also, just a quick one. Um, congratulations to Ben Foster for making his 150th appearance on that um, game. I don't think it's one he's going to remember. Um, but yeah, uh, that was the stat that came up during the first half of that. It was Foster's 150th Watford appearance. We couldn't mark it with a, a clean sheet at Southmore, but as we said in the last episode, Watford haven't, meant, haven't um, been able to mm. get a clean sheet at Turfmore since, well, our first ever meeting back in 1971. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, to be honest, even he was a bit shaky at times. You know, that, that first one in, in exactly, the first yeah. half where Vids could have, Vids arguably should have been better. You know, he, he looped it over the top and, and luckily on the rebound, Dawson was there again. And I'd say that Dawson was probably our best player. Dawson was was probably between him and Troy. I think. I think he was the standout, really. Dawson again. Mm. I was glad to see that Pearson kept the bat four. um, But within ten fifteen minutes, I was thinking, why didn't um, Cathcart come in for Cabaselli? Because I thought Cabaselli was very shaky today. Um, He got caught out three or four times at the back, and this has happened last week with Vardy. So I think it's maybe time for. Cathcart to come into the side now. Um, but Dawson was brilliant to get himself back onto the line and clear that off. Um, yeah, outstanding from Dawson. Um, I thought he was a, he was an aerial threat for us today as well. It's a shame he couldn't really do much more with his headers. Um, but yeah, he was a threat in both boxes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, I think he, he's come under a lot of criticism this season, Craig Dawson. Uh, I, I've, I've always sort of given him the benefit of the doubt and whatnot. Um, but you can see that the aerial threat that he possesses is, you know, phenomenal. And he, let's not forget how long he was at a Burnley team that were known for scoring from the set pieces and, um, you know, defensively sounds and Tony Pulis sort of style of football. So you can see where he gets it from. But yeah, yeah um, it, a number of chances in the first half wasn't really much to talk about. Uh, Vidra arguably should have put them 1-0 up and then, um, they they should have scored the rebound as well, um, and then the the second half. It, I don't know what Pearson said to him, but it worked. Obviously, with the Corey coming on for cleverly, that looked much better. He was pushing up more. We were winning a lot more in the middle, uh, and then Cathcart coming on for Cavaselli. We looked a lot more re- reassuring at the back. Um, so, and we just we just dominated proceedings, and arguably could have been two three nil up at times. Yeah, it's just not taking our chances, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Decore coming on gave us more energy in midfield, and it looks like we lacked that with Cleverly in there. He, he wanted the ball; he was he was passing the ball about. He was creating chances. It was a positive move from Pearson to bring him on. Um, it was a better start to the second half as well. Uh, Will Hughes had a shot um, with his left foot that was just wide as well. Um, Fifteen minutes into the game, I think we was all over them second half. Um, the shape of the team was much better. Um, you could see that there was more composure at the back with Cathcart there, um, more organisation. Uh, we weren't getting caught out then. Um, but great link-up play with um, Dini and Welbeck um, in the second half as well when Welbeck went through on goal. But why didn't Welbeck shoot? <laughs> this is it, you know. Uh, and you know, we've said it in the, the group chat we're in, you know, Maybe it's all those years at Arsenal, you know, how Arsenal like to try and sometimes pass the ball in. And I think we can be a bit guilty of doing that at times as well. So I, I really don't know. You know, he either shoots or he lays it across to 
Sar and it's a tap in and it's yeah. an easy goal and you one nil up and who knows what can happen. I think he was um, watching United a Sheffield United game the other night when Martial uh, <laughs> tried to play it and Rashford put it wide, so maybe yeah. he had that in his maybe, head. But... Maybe he thought otherwise. But um, a, a player you mentioned there, Troy Deeney, I, I thought he was brilliant today. You know, the one thing that frustrated me was we seemed to go with the long ball option and try and win it in the air a lot. Now, when you're playing a team like Burnley, I know in the last pod we touched on how many injuries and contract problems they've got, but their defence has been ever-present. Um, so it's the defence wasn't the problem. It was an attack that was more of a sort of a plus, if you like, going into the game. Yeah. So to try and win, you know, aerial battles up against Ben Mee, Tarkowski, you know, it, it almost seemed a bit stupid, but I think Troy was bang up for it again. Uh, and he, he, he was winning a lot and especially in the second half he was linking up with the core Yeah, he grew um, into the game. I thought he was a bit quiet maybe 10-15 minutes into the first half but he definitely yeah. grew into the game and he got stronger and it was surprising to see him come off as well. Um, Deeney had that chance that was cleared off the line as well and then Hughesy, it fell to Hughesy and he absolutely put his foot through it but it went over the bar. Um, so, yeah, Deeney looked great today. He did. He did look good and you know the, the amount of chances that, that we had, you know, it, it was it was a case of, well, surely we got, we're going to keep, you know, the, the optimists amongst us Watford fans, there's probably very few left, but probably thought that, you know, we keep knocking on his door, one of them's going to go in. And yeah. I think you said that to me and I, I said, I just think it's done. And then we get caught out and I, I don't know if many people spotted it, but Kiko Femenia went up and he didn't seem that bothered about busting a gut at running back and, Saw half-heartedly sort of ran back to try and cover for Kiko. And then McNeil, um, yeah, McNeil crossed the ball and Jay Rodriguez headed it in. And, you know, it, it was a, such a, a typical Burnley goal and it, it was avoidable as well. And it, it, it's just, it's, it knocks the wind out of your sails. It really does. And I'm absolutely fuming. Yeah. Um, you know, looking back on it, it might be a, a bad time for us to have recorded because emotions are high, but at the same time, we, we have to be real now. We, we're in the thick of it now. That was a chance to go four points ahead of the chasing pack and start to look up other than down. So Completely agree. It was completely uh, against the run of a play. We was we was, exactly. had the ball. We was had so many chances, just couldn't take them. Um, yeah, Kiko was massively out of position for that and caught us 2v2 at the back and... It, it was a good finish from Rodriguez. Fair play to him. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah, they shouldn't have got into that position. We should have had been back and stopped that. That was just awful. Yeah, yeah. And then from then, you know, you could tell that the, the players' confidence had taken a massive hit. It just, you know, as soon as they scored that goal, um, you know, they, he scored in the 73rd minute, so there was still a fair amount of time left. But you could just tell that. Took the stuff out of us, didn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, Burnley as well, the frustrating thing, Burnley were looking absolutely knackered. Yeah, I, I messaged um, you at half-time. I said, this Burnley yeah. side looked like they, they they did play on Monday night. It looked like we had, mm. we had um, more legs in us in the second half and we came out and, it, yeah, it looked that way. But I think you know, fair, what, fair the moment that goal to... went in from Burnley, I think, the Watford players in their head was like, this is going to be tough now. Burnley are a tough yeah. side. They're just going to sit back. They even took off um, Rodriguez and put on a defender, didn't they, towards the end and yeah. just like pretty much stuck five or six at the back, which made it even tougher for us. Uh, yeah, heads just dropped, didn't they? 
And then substitutions were a bit questionable again today. Like the halftime substitutions were spot on, I think. Um, I, I, I messaged you and called it and said that Cathcott needs to come on for Cavaselli and you said about Decore for Cleverly. So I don't have a problem with that at all. But Andre Gray for Troy Deeney. Um, then, yeah, with five minutes left. Yeah, you know. it's just... It's crazy, it. you know. Especially when you've got like the likes of Pereira and Pedro on the bench. When you, you're 1-0 down, you need to go for this. I understand maybe bringing on Andre Gray for the likes of Welbeck, but you don't take off Troy Deeney. No, Not against a physical Burnley side, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very rare that it's very seldom that you see Andre Gray go up to try and win those headers and, you know, really get stuck in. He's a sort of a player that you sort of spin the balls into, loop out, the ball yeah, round. Exactly. And, He's out of his yeah. depth trying to win it in the air. He needs the ball down the sides of the, uh, the defenders that he can run mm-hmm. onto. Um, he's not going to win it up in the air against um, Ben Mee and that, is he? No. Uh, and a, a little part of me, as frustrating as it was, you know, seeing Hughes come off and um, Gray coming on for Troy, a little part of me does think, obviously, you know, I, I sort of have to sit back a moment and just be a bit neutral and think, well, hold on a minute. We haven't played for this long and now we've played two games in X amount of days. Yeah. So maybe there is that little bit of sort of caution yeah. about it. Like but... you say, emotions are high. We're just recording this yeah. like half an hour after the result. Um, we probably would feel completely different about this tomorrow. And we'll be like, yeah, you can see why Deeney came off, Hughes came off. We've got Southampton on Sunday. We need to... yeah. If we picked up any injuries on those key players, you'd be shooting yourself in the foot. So you can kind of understand it, but we would have preferred them to stay on the pitch right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And my talking of injuries, my heart was in my mouth when Saar went down in that um, second half when he collided with Charlie Taylor. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether... Well, he was he obviously was playing on it because he was all right in the end. But when the um, physios rushed over to him, I was like, please, no. Like we saw earlier in the season how pivotal, how much we missed him when we didn't have him for those few games. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but luckily, Touchwood, he's, uh, he's OK. But um, yeah, uh, I think that's as much as we can say on the Burnley game itself. Um, not just because of the frustration at the moment, but I think it literally was one of those games, other than, you know, we had five or six chances. It was a quiet game uh, and there wasn't really much to report. And it was a typical Sean Deutsch, Burnley set up, 1-0 uh, defend sort of performance. And Deutsch will be absolutely, you know, buzzing with that. And the the lads have got to learn from this. And luckily for us, results went our way. Uh, and it, we weren't in an opposite position of having to chase it. Yes, it would have been nice, but, you know, these, these things happen. And, you know, we know that Watford likes to make it difficult for himself. So, yeah. But, and um, also, we won't have much time to dwell on this either. There's no. another game Sunday. So, that, that's a positive as well. We're going to go straight back into it now. Um, so, yeah. let's not... Um, Feel sorry for ourselves when he dusts ourselves down and really attacks Southampton now on um, Saturday. Absolutely. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got three days now. And uh, we talking of Sunday and Sunday's opponents, we'll, uh, we'll move swiftly on to the Southampton game. Yeah. Um, we, first of all, the lineup that was put out tonight, I think I know what your answer's going to be. What would you tweak from the starting lineup, if anything? It would be Cabaselli out, Cathcart mm-hmm. in. Um, I'd carry on doing Welbeck um, instead of Pereira. So okay. I would probably just do the one change. Um, You'd not be tempted to maybe stick Pacetto in, give him a, a shot at it, see see what he's got, or, or do you 
you think Welbeck has sort of warranted his place uh, to sort of... Yeah, I, I liked what I saw with Welbeck. Um, he did all right. He had some good early touches on the ball. Um, his work rate as well, I think he... There was one point that I think there was a overplaced ball down the line for him and he, he chased it into a corner um, the corner yes. of the pitch and he actually won a corner out of it so I actually liked his work rate as well um, that was so, right at the end as well yeah um, so yeah. I would um, I would stick with uh, Danny Welbeck yeah well I, I think I'd agree with that um, would you start Decoray over Cleverly as well oh yeah 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 Decoray in as well for um, yeah Cleverly that's uh, a no-brainer yeah I think it is a no-brainer. You know, Clevs is a brilliant player on his day and whatnot, but it, you, you could just see how different we were once the core had come on the pitch. And I, I think, especially against uh, Southampton side, like the one they've got, I think that the core is a, a no-brainer as well. Um, so they obviously played tonight as well. So there's no extra edge, not that it meant anything tonight. You know, the fact that Burnley... We had two days recovery on Burnley and they still beat us. So it doesn't really mean anything, as you can tell. So um, Southampton lost 2-0 tonight. They are now without Stevens at the back. Yeah, I saw he got, he got sent, sent off last five minutes, didn't he? Yeah, so I'm not sure how much of a, a big difference that will make. But He's one um, of the main centre-backs. So yeah, I don't know if they've got much um, depth in their defence, uh, in their squad. But yeah, I think that's going to help. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that they've come off uh, a defeat, obviously we've both come off a defeat, maybe it won't have affected Southampton as much as the defeat would have affected us because they're safe now because of their run over Christmas, um, really, you know, cemented their place in, in the Premier League. Yeah, we're nine um, points behind them now, I can see. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's such a big, big chance, you know, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but mm. we had such a big chance to... To really look at maybe catching Brighton and whatnot. Yeah, winter night, and we could have re- really put pressure on the teams above us. Yeah, hundred percent. And who knows what could have happened? But this is what for FC, and we we do like to make things difficult. And hey, look, if we stay up at the end of the season, we can look back on this and just laugh and say we like to do it the hard way. So, um, and the lucky thing is, people below us keep um, keep. Um, Dropping points as well. Yeah, exactly. So, we would have felt worse if if teams like Villa and West Ham and Bournemouth they all picked up results and um, we we didn't as well. But results went our way yesterday. I know we haven't won tonight, but mm-hmm. thankfully the teams around us lost as well. So yeah, yeah, massively. We we we, that. we go again Sunday. Yeah, we're sort of in the driving seat a little bit. Um, now, obviously, a man that is no stranger to the Watford fans made his return for Southampton tonight, Shane Long. I believe he come on at half time. You know, we all remember that he scored the fastest, it's still the fastest Premier League goal um in Premier League history. Seven point six nine seconds when we drew with them last season. Andre Gray um, equalising in the last minute back when he used to uh chip in with a few goals here and there. Um other than that, there's not an awful lot surrounding Southampton um, in terms of injuries, contract problems. You know, they seem to be in quite a good play, uh, place at the moment. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, they hit a good run of form around December time. So they've sort of eased those relegation fears a bit. And obviously coming back from lockdown, they had that big win against Norwich as well. So, yeah, um, there is one of a suspension. Obviously, we've mentioned Stevens after tonight. Musa Gineppo as well, who... I vividly remember had half a decent game against us last season. And I'm glad really he's suspended. Terrorized. He's a very good player. He is. He is very good player, and he, like I say, you know, he um, 
he, he sort of terrorised our defence last season from memory. Campbell was. Um, yes, yeah, yes, he was. Yeah, VAR screwed us over once again. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, they in in their defence, they could say the same when Decore handled it to equalise at our place the other year. That was last so, season. I that don't count. Yeah, well, yeah <laughs> that's true. Um, so yeah, they um, they haven't got anyone um, that was close to picking up suspensions tonight. Like, you know, we've mentioned the red card. That was the only chance of them picking up any other suspensions. James Ward-Prowse was their highest booked player so far, and that's with seven. And I don't believe he picked up a yellow card tonight. Coming into the um, coming into the fixtures again, Southampton had picked up six points from the last five games. Those wins coming against Aston Villa and Norwich, and they'd won that two nil and three nil respectively. So again, they'd beaten teams you know comfortably that were in a relegation fight. So that's a little bit worrying, but let's not forget that we've had a three month absence in between those. So obviously things aren't going to get picked up straight away and whatnot. So. Um, the thing that worries me is the form table. They are sixth in the away league table. So if from 15 matches, they've picked up 23 points as opposed to the home league table, which they actually sit bottom in, having picked up 14 points from 15 games. So it's evident that they like to play on their travels. And obviously, you've watched the football since its returns. We all know how they did against Norwich. Is there anyone, obviously there's an obvious answer here, but is there anyone that really sticks out in your mind that you, you perhaps think we need to be be extra careful of that, that poses a threat from Southampton's side? The obvious one's Danny Yings. He's absolutely yeah. on fire. And if it weren't for lockdown and if the Euro 2020 was going on, he would have been called up into Southgate's England squad, no doubt about that. Um, but the other two, it's James Ward-Prowse. Really like him. I remember when we was linked with him a few transfer windows right, ago. Yeah. Um, and also Nathan Redman. He always scores against Watford. <laughs> he does well. Danny Ings is a top scorer for Southampton with 16. James Ward-Prowse, Stuart Armstrong and Nathan Redmond are all tied on four. So there's quite a big gap there from Danny Ings. You know, if you can cut off sort of Danny Ings, I, I say that as if it's easy. But we saw it against Leicester. You cut off that sort of supply line to a player like Ings, like Vardy. And let's not forget, I think Ings is only three goals off Jamie Vardy. So Ings is going to want to, you know, get the golden boot this season because he's, he's definitely up there. He's with a shout. And like you've mentioned, the Euros will be back next uh, next year, 2021, I think they've said. So he's going to want to, you know, fight for his uh, a place in that Southgate squad. So I think if Craig Dawson and, like you say, Craig Dawson and, Maybe Cathcart as well. They they've got a big job on their hands keeping him quiet. But um, yeah, um, moving forwards in terms of the head-to-head stats, unfortunately, it doesn't look very good like it didn't for the Burnley game for Watford. Um, Southampton have only lost one in thirteen games against Watford, and that game was at St Mary's Stadium. Do you remember who uh, who who nearly was? I... I do. I was, that was the first game of the season, wasn't it? I actually went to that oh. game. Um, oh, okay. It was Decore and <laughs> Decore and Yanmat. Yanmat scored from outside oh. the box. I think Decore yeah. did as well, to be fair. Decore did, yeah. yeah. Both goals were outside the box. I remember that game. It was in the middle, wasn't it? Like um, Chalabar and was it Kapu in the middle or Decore in yeah. the middle. It was absolutely outstanding. And then Chalabar picked up an injury a couple of weeks later and we really missed him after that. Mm. Yeah, was that the season as well that 
Holobus decided he'd start offering out fans, or was that the year before? I think that was the year before. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd do that if we... Well, mind you, I, you know what he's like, so who knows. Um, yeah, so the last time that we beat Southampton at Vicarage Road, you have to cash your mind back to the Championship days on the 16th of September 2007, when we won 3-2. Danny Shitu, Darius Henderson, uh, with the two goals for us on the score sheet for Watford, and uh, Nathan Dyer for them, and a familiar name for got the other Southampton goal, Gregor Raziak. Um, you big know, pole. I, I, big pole, yeah. I vividly remember his uh, goal against Charlton. What, what a goal. Yeah, what a goal. And then you have to cast your mind back even further, I'm afraid, guys, to the Boxing Day in 2005 when we kept the clean sheet at home to Southampton. Uh, Darius Henderson again, he loved the goal against Southampton. Clark Carlisle and a Thomas Hatch-Hadgetoe own goal. I think I pronounced that correctly, who cares? But And um, a certain Mr Ben Foster was in goal for the Watford that day. So hopefully can, uh, we, can echo, we can echo those sort of performances as well. Uh, one thing is evident though, Ben, the last 10 meetings in all competitions, we've won one, Southampton and Wolf won four and we've drawn five. Going off that, it seems that a draw is quite a possible outcome. With the result tonight, do you think that a draw is okay, or do you think that's it now? We cannot take a draw. We have to win on Sunday. Um, I still stick by thinking that three wins would be enough to stay up, and I think we could probably get them further down the line against the likes of Newcastle, West Ham, and who else did I say it was against? Norwich and Norwich as well. So if if we take a point against Southampton, I think it's a step in the right direction, but I also think after tonight's performance, which was pretty woeful, we, we need to get three points. I, I think so. I think that's the only way that this club gets a boost. Yeah. We, we drew against Leicester. Yep, it was in the last minute. Brilliant. We'll take that. You know, the adrenaline was high. Come into this game, created chances, looked the better team for a marginal, um, for large parts of the second half. And then we go and concede a goal completely against the run of play. And it's a massive sucker punch. And I think anything other than a win will be seen as a, a failure. Yeah. Um, a, a draw. Yeah, the, the, the frustrating thing as well is you look at who the teams around us have got. Uh, Aston Villa, they play before us on the Saturday. They're the lunchtime kickoff against Wolves, who are on a good run of form at the moment. So you'd hope that Wolves would sort of do a favour there. Um I think, well, Norwich, they're pretty much down and out anyway, but they've got Arsenal away. Uh, Bournemouth are at home to Newcastle, and Newcastle are doing all right recently. You know, they're, they're not doing great, but they're not doing poor either. Uh, and then West Ham have got Chelsea. So, you know, again, another favourable run of games for the team. Yeah, I think the, in o- our favour. I think the only team that would possibly pick up something there is Bournemouth at home, so... We yeah. really have to get something out of the Southampton game because if, if we don't, Bournemouth could be above us by the end of... Well, they're going to be a, above us Saturday, aren't we? And then we're going to be back in that re- relegations fight. Well, we're in a relegation fight now, but we should be closer to the relegation zone. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing that's frustrating for us Watford fans as well is the old cliche of, you know, we can't rely on other teams. But at the moment... We kind of we are. We sort of have to, yeah. <laughs> You know the the, the fact we, we're a point we're a point ahead of Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and West Ham. It's incredibly close down there. Yeah. Um, luckily, a, a goal difference. 
Our goal difference is only better by one now compared to West Ham. Uh, it's better by three compared to Bournemouth and it's better than five compared to Aston Villa. So even if they pick up draws, it might work in our favour if we, you know, if we do lose and it, it's a small margin as well. Yeah, it's, it's... But really... We have to start looking at winning these games now. It's, we have to. It's vital we don't concede too many goals because if it yeah. comes down to the end of a season, it comes down to goal difference. That goal difference is like an extra point. We need to yeah. keep it low. We like today. We could have like performances before. We could have ended up losing two, three, four nil. But thankfully, it was just one today because they did have that disallowed goal in the first half as well from Rodriguez as well. So we just need to, yeah have goal difference on our side as well and that will work in our favour absolutely hopefully a win can sort of bolster that and get us uh, get our goal difference looking better than it is uh, minus 18 not the best but compared to some of the others as I've just read out it's uh, it, it's better so yeah um, a big big game on uh, on Sunday as, as we've uh, as we've seen and you know the stats don't really look on our side unfortunately um, the referee for the game is Michael Oliver with Chris Kavanagh on VAR. Um, Michael Oliver actually refereed our 2-1 loss at Southampton earlier this season. He also refereed our 0-0 with uh, Tottenham, which he gave a penalty for Troy, which he missed. And then he also refereed our 3-0 win against Liverpool, which off the back of some of these performances, he's you know, seeming further... I know he was further and further away, but it is seeming like a, a lifetime ago. And if only we can emulate those sort of performances coming into the next few games because we have got some tricky games coming up. You know, we, we we talk about teams around us and we try not to use it as a cliche, but after Southampton, we got Chelsea away and I'm just looking as well. Norwich have got Brighton that, um, that day, Bournemouth are at Man United um, and then Aston Villa at Liverpool and West Ham are at Newcastle. So, other than the um, some of those games are obviously going to work in our favour again but you, I've just got a funny feeling that West Ham might get something and obviously we've got those big games coming up against the, the three that we've mentioned Newcastle, Norwich and uh, and West Ham that we really need to uh, to pick up points in but yeah I think that's um, unfortunately that, that's as much as we've got on Southampton they, they look like possibly the most steadiest Premier League club at the moment there's not much going on in the camp they're pretty much safe They've got that suspension tonight and then that other, uh, the, that other suspension from Gineppo. But other than that, there's not much to report on that. So I think this podcast was just more of an emergency sort of podcast. We thought we'd try it out. It's great that you guys are sticking with us if you are. We appreciate that the podcast might, the timing might seem all over the place at the moment. But after this Sunday, I believe it goes back to Saturday, then Saturday games. Um, so it's been a bit of a weird time and a bit of a weird uh, timing to put podcasts out. So we do thank you very much for listening. Uh, we thank you if you've listened to episode two as well, which was the Burnley preview um, and the Leicester um, review. Uh, don't forget as well, our first competition is live on our Twitter and Instagram. All you need to do is make sure you follow us. Make sure you follow Six Yards Out, tag a mate who loves Watford. And then put your Southampton score prediction in and pop in your first goal scorer as well. Uh, and you could be in with a chance of winning a very smart A4 framed, I believe it is, print of the Avico FA Cup final retro Watford top. If you want to know what it looks like, head over to the Twitter and Instagram where you can see an enter as well. 
But uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything we need to cover. We we obviously didn't want to go too much into to depth because you know there would have been a lot of bleeping out for me to have done um, in in the Burnley game. But yeah, uh, a big game on the horizon Sunday, Ben, and um, hopefully when we pick up next week, it will be off the back of three points. And I tell you what, it will be a big three points because Southampton have looked good. Yeah, no, definitely, it's going to be a massive ask for us, and I think. These games, we're really going to miss the raw of a rookery to get behind them and be that 12th man to try and push them over a line. But hopefully um, Pearson gives them a good old kick up the backside after today's performance and that will do it for us. Certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. So, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it. It's a bit all over the shop at the moment with two podcasts released in uh, in the space of uh, two days. But we really do appreciate your support and we will speak to you after the Southampton game where we'll have a little bit more of a breather and a bit more time to sort of talk through what happened and then also preview the uh, the upcoming trip to Stamford Bridge on Saturday the 4th of July when the pubs are back open. So Please. I know where I'll be watching that one. So uh, <laughs> no, I won't be really, I'll probably be at the seaside actually just thinking about it. But yeah, uh, from me, Mike Duffy and my co-host Ben Aiton, thanks very much for tuning in again. And uh, hopefully next time it'll be three points. But from us, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your week. Podcast Network.